0: Many persons have the wrong idea of what constitutes true happiness. It is not attained through self gratification, but through fidelity of a worthy purpose. That is a quote by Helen Keller. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire. Inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from Trinamartin.com, is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello. Welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 73. The topic of this week's episode is Get Happy Now. My guest this week is Carla Marie Simpson. Carla Marie is an entrepreneur, author, speaker, and yoga instructor at Happy Hot Yoga, and she is on a mission to make the world a happier place. She believes everyone deserves to get happy now. Carla Marie left home at 18 and traveled overseas where she lived and partied as a backpacker and actor for three and a half years. She traveled to 49 countries experiencing what this world really had to offer. Hi, Carla. Welcome to Trina Talk.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you here. Um, we have are familiar with each other. Um, I was actually on your podcast and I had uh, a great time. And now you're doing me a favor on being on mine. And I just was going over your bio and you have just, an amazing background and I'm very interested to learn more about you. Um, you are an author, you're a speaker, you're a podcast host as well, but you've had an interesting journey. So tell me who Carla is and what made you who you are today.
1: Yeah, sure. So I started, uh, I'm one of four in my family. I have three older brothers And obviously, um, for the people that don't know my accent, I'm Australian, so grew up just now in north of Sydney. And I always wanted to be an actress. That was what, uh, you know, got me up as a little girl. I just, I always wanted to be the next Nicole Kidman. And I was very driven um, going to, you know, I went to drama as a little girl and then I always wanted to go to acting school. So uh, in about, oh, when I was a, In year 11 and 12, I auditioned for like a performing arts high school and I ended up going there and then I um, had set a goal that I wanted to uh, go to New York to study acting. So my parents were always really supportive of me, but they said, you know, uh, we can't afford to support you to get there. So if you get in and you can save up the money, then you can go, like there's no problem with that. So I started to really uh, work hard and I had... I had a job as um, like a casual job, but uh, it was in sales and my sales manager was really into uh, like self-development, self-growth and kept giving me all these books to read, like Napoleon Hill. Um, And I started to take that really on and I was like, wow, I want to, you know, help. Um, I'm going to use all these tools to help build build up my money savings and things like this. And I built up a vision board. I put it on my wall and over the course of like a year, I couldn't believe um, what I'd achieved that was on my vision board. And I couldn't believe that I saved up all the money to get to New York. And then I got accepted to go study at the Lee Strasberg School in New York. So that was, um, it was epic. And that really started me on my journey. So then I packed my bags and I moved off overseas. And I lived in New York and I felt like I was Sarah Jessica Parker um, in Sexland city. I just loved it. I just loved it. And I had a great time. And then when my schooling finished there and, uh, I was trying to get a visa to stay, but it was a bit complicated. Um, I decided that I loved living overseas and I decided to move to London and London was, it was awesome as well. I didn't know anyone really there. I had one person that I knew and I uh, dossed on her couch for a few weeks until I sort of started to get myself sorted. And then I got, you know, into the acting scene there. And I did acting there for about, I'd say, oh, a year pretty consistently. But then I got caught up a little bit in the Australian Backpackers party life and I just started having a great time. Not that I wasn't having a good time before that, but, but a small party lifestyle. And my friends from Australia, had my two best friends from Australia couldn't believe my photos and what I was doing. So they decided to pack their bags and come over. And then they lived on my couch. And we just partied. Like I'm not talking like seven days a week. We were out partying, but having parties at our home. And it was just really cheap to travel. So we travelled I remember one weekend I went to Switzerland for like £7 return. So I had a really good time doing all that. But I was just lost in my own party life and my acting has sort of fallen um, by the by a little bit. Um, But then I decided that I wanted to travel more and that I love what the world had to offer. And when my visa was up in London, I decided to backpack for a year. So I did uh, most of Europe. I did lots of the festivals, Running the Bulls, Oktoberfest, um, I worked in, uh, oh, sorry, I went to like Egypt, Africa. Um, I worked in an orphanage in Africa, did the gorilla trekking in Uganda. So I still really got to see so much of the world and I'm so grateful for that because I really learnt um, so much about the world and about myself in that time. But then what happened to me was all my visas were gone and I had run out of money and I had to land back in Australia. And I landed on my uh, parents' doorstep with no money and I was really lost because I'd lived overseas for so long and I felt um, I felt very different to what I was when I left here and I remember sitting on the plane on the way home just thinking, gosh, is anyone going to even like me? I'm such a different person um, and I was really nervous about that and I came back and I found it really hard to fit back into the lifestyle here. Uh, i 'd grown apart from a lot of my friends, and i didn 't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I knew that I only wanted to do things that made me happy. I made that decision on the plane ride home, and I wanted to get in back into acting, but i didn 't want to be slugging away as an actor, working a job another job on the side that i didn 't like and then um, then the opportunity came. Um, I became a PT, uh, personal trainer, to just help with my with my acting on the side. But then an opportunity came to go into business with my dad and we opened up a gym franchise, which is Anytime Fitness. And I've had that now for seven years. So that was a really big decision at the time. And, ah, uh, man, I, I still, you know, I remember the turmoil I was going through thinking, can I do this? I don't know if I can live in Australia. I wanted to backpack Um And then someone said to me, you know, you can't keep running away forever. And I was like, "Mm, why not? (laughs) Um, But opening that gym was one of the best decisions I've ever made. I had to go into business learning everything from scratch. I would never even worked in an office. I'd never had any staff. I didn't even know how to use Word, Excel or anything like that. So I really dug in deep. And when I put my mind to something, I really put my mind to it. Um, But... I started to get really caught up in, you know, this entrepreneur lifestyle of getting up, of making my goals happen, of really slugging, slugging, slugging. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I was just caught up in this treadmill of life. And I used to run a lot, um, training for marathons and things like this. And my knees were, my knees were starting to really fail on me. And I was going to see a physiotherapist, and um, he said to me, "You know, Carly, you can't keep going on this way. You need to start to." do something else, maybe some yoga. You got to start doing gentle things because your knees are going to fail on you. And I sort of, I heard it, but I wasn't listening to it. And then one of the races that I did, um, I cried myself to the end of the finish line because my knees were hurting so much, my legs, and I couldn't run anymore. I was walking. I was hobbling. And at that moment, I thought, oh, my goodness, I have to go to yoga. And I hated yoga at the time. I... Oh, I just hated it so much. My mum was always doing it as a little girl and I just, anything that, you know, was trying to stop me from being rushing and in that mode of pushing, 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 I wasn't into um, back then. Anyways, I dragged myself to a yoga class and one of the yoga's, first yoga classes I ever did, you know, I say it changed my life. I uh, really discovered that I had this voice inside my head and that this voice was talking to me um, all the time. And I also discovered what true happiness was and that it didn't come from anything else. It just came from me and within myself. And the more I started to uncover this, well, uh, the more I started to really dig deep into yoga and to, I started to fall in love with meditation as well. And... I, I will say that yoga has changed my life and I just wanted to help other people. I thought, oh my goodness, this stuff isn't as bad as everyone, you know, as I thought. And I decided to open my own yoga school because I loved what it did for me and I wanted to be able to help out the people in my local community and offer, um, you know, offer this to other people. So I decided to open up my own yoga school and I've now had that for five years and um, it's a... Little community hub, and I love that. I just taught class this morning, um, so I teach normally mornings and night times, just depending on what my schedule uh, allows. But the more I've discovered yoga was, the more I keep just discovering more about myself and my life and how I want to be and how I want to show up in the world. And really, that this pure happiness and joy can come from any moment in our life if we decide if we decide to have that there. So that's really where I'm at now. And that's why I'd love to share with people. And I speak on stages, I have my podcast, and I'm really just about sharing the gift of happiness, but that happiness is a conscious choice. And that, you know, we strive so often for all these different things in our life. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I've been caught up in that. And I still can get caught up in that. You know, we think that when we get that house, we'll be happy or when my business gets to this, you know, financial profit, I'm going to be happy or when he proposes to me, I'm going to be happy. But really, the truth is happiness is available in any moment. It's just tapping into that and being aware of it and really cultivating gratitude. And so that's really where I'm at now when I've done lots of different things um, in the time of opening the yoga school and of really getting into this side of things um, to help me grow as well. And I love to volunteer and I spent some time in India, this time last year actually, uh, volunteering in an orphanage in India, uh, teaching yoga every day to these beautiful students who, you know, they have absolutely nothing. And I just every day I'm so grateful for the life that I live and that we have this opportunity to be alive and that we can share and connect with people all over the world like you right now. That's an amazing, amazing technology. So yeah, that's a little bit about my story and where I'm at now.
0: Wow. You know, what I really love what you're saying is how you found your happiness, because like you said, a lot of people today think that the job or the house or the car are going to be the things to make them happy. But just like you, I'm at a point in my life where I'm really tuned into me and my happiness and my happiness is coming from. Having peace in my Mm. life and following my passion, and I think that's something that we are not taught to do. We're all taught, oh, go to school, go to university, get a job, you know, do these things, but we're never taught to say, you know what, what do you, what's really in your heart, what do you desire in your heart, what's going to really make you happy. I think we're caught up in the um. The societal norms of
1: mm, what the journalists have, and exactly, I, tot- I totally agree. And I talk about this a lot. Is that you know we go into schools and we learn, you know, that we need an education that this is the way um, life should be. But no one's teaching kids how to be happy, how to listen to their heart, to do things that make each individual find this sense of joy, because we all get it from different things. Um, but, you know, you can go and ask the richest people in the world and majority of them are unhappy because they have all this stuff but it doesn't, you know, the stuff at the end of the day isn't uh, going to give us anything. And, you know, for myself right now I have my granddad who uh, he was always a really lovely man, jolly. He had a great sense of life and I've been, a, I've been blessed to grow up with him in my neighbourhood but he's got dementia And um, at the moment, you know, he sits in a dementia clinic and I go and visit him and I just, it reminds me every day of, you know, right now, all he would would love to do is to stand up and to feed himself and to go for a walk, but he's locked up in this centre where people feed him, you know, most of the time he doesn't make it to the toilet to go to the toilet And we spent all this time in our life cultivating and he did that, you know, he had a great house and he had a beautiful marriage and all that. But right right now, you know, we had to put him in a nursing home and we had to then sell the house and sell everything else that he owned because, you know, that wasn't his, that's not life.
0: Mm. Wow. I think you're
1: exactly right, you know, just... It's so easy to, and I, and I see this and I talk to people a lot about, you know, they might be in a relationship that they're not even happy in, but it's just easier to be that way. But it's because we're so wrapped up in this fear as well, fear of, you know, what, fear of what if I don't have that house or what fear if I don't get that job or fear if he doesn't like me, but somehow we've got to find in ourselves what, what makes us happy and that we don't care about what everyone else thinks.
0: Yes, so true. And I'm so impressed with your story because at an early age, it seems like that's what you were on your path to. I don't know whether you consciously knew that with the traveling and backpacking to different countries. I don't know if you consciously knew, okay, I'm going, this is what makes me happy. I know you said you met people and you you know, just were partying and you were doing these things, but that's what made you happy. And oh, Totally. Did you did you ever at some point look at your life then and say you know what this this is good this is what I want oh at to feel the time like. and
1: oh yeah and at the time you know I knew growing up that there was I was a little bit different I don't know it's hard to explain but I knew I was different to the girls at school like I had fun with them and I had always had great friends and I'm forever grateful for that but. You know, when they were talking about, oh, I just want to get married and by the time I'm 30 I want to have my babies and I want to be married and I, I was always like, really? There's so much I want to do in my life. I've always been like that, like there's so much adventure and I, I don't know, I just felt like I just had to go out and find myself and experience it. And when I was out there backpacking and doing the party stuff, oh, my goodness me, it's a complete opposite life to what I live now but I would never give it up for anything. And I have had the most amazing times. And I always say that to the girls that that I met over there and the fun we had. Like one weekend, one morning I woke up in prison in um, Switzerland because I, you know, I got so drunk I couldn't find my way home. Um, Yeah, we've had some many stories, you know, and I've got to do some amazing things. Like I've trekked to Everest Base Camp. I've done the Kokoda Trail in Papua New Guinea and, I've really seen some amazing places and the way that people live. And, you know, when you're so immense in the moment and taking in all the – that's why I love travel because it takes you out of your daily routine. Mm -hmm. Like you just – you get so wrapped up in what you're doing in that moment, in that day, who those people are, trying to learn that language that you're not even thinking about anything else.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: I always right. say to people, you know, if there's one advice I can give young people when they come and ask me, I say, go and travel. Who cares about uni? <laughs> I'm a terrible. I'm always saying that. I say, just go backpacking because you learn so much and how to talk to different people and, you know, getting stuck in countries where you can't speak the language and having to try and figure that out. Like, oh, the stories. It's an amazing. <laughs> it's amazing.
0: You know, I agree because I've traveled the world and like you said, you've learned how to figure it out. And then you learn a culture, you learn how to interact with the people. And I'm like you, if I hadn't known then what I know now, I, instead of going to the university, I would have traveled the world Mm. because I, it it would have been just so much more fulfilling. And it it is, it's just, I think it's, uh, uh, richer experience instead of trying to go to school, get a job and make financial, you know, make the money. I think being able to immerse yourself in cultures and learning and, and learning different people, I think that's really where the satisfaction is.
1: Oh, for sure. And I do think that the more you go and see the world or the more you get out of your own box or your own everyday routine. And look, don't get me wrong. I'm very routine based as well. Like I do lots of similar things every day, but when I'm here in Australia, but when you go and travel and you break that routine and you go to countries, you might not even go to countries where, uh, you know, it's a poorer country or whatever, but I have had the experience of going and working and seeing some really poor countries and, The world has so much to offer, but every time I land back on my doorstep here at Yamina Beach, I'm so grateful. You know, I'm so grateful that I was born in this country and I'm so grateful to have the beach at the end of the street. And, you know, after backpacking for that time and even last year working in that orphanage, I slept on the ground and coming home to have a bed to lay in each night. I was like, oh my goodness, this bed is so good. You know, you just forget. So I think that, Even just going on a picnic sometimes, just breaking the routine up and going out and doing something different just opens up your horizon and and allows you to see the world from a different perspective.
0: Mm, Definitely. Now, let's talk about your business. You opened up the gym and now you're doing yoga now. You still have your gym?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've had the gym for uh, seven years. And um, I have a manager in there now. So she mainly runs runs the gym, I would say, more than me. I don't pick up the calls and do that sort of stuff anymore. But I pop in most days and show my face and I do some personal training clients still uh, when I'm in Australia. And I love the environment. And I think for me it was, I, it's like a, I explain to people it's like a being a baby for me because I have no kids at the moment and Opening up that gym from scratch, I knew absolutely nothing. And when I say nothing, I did not even know how to open up Word, Excel or Microsoft or anything like that. So I really put my heart and soul into building this gym. And my, my dad, he came in as my business partner to help me out to open it. And I always said to myself I would never let him down because I know that that was a big financial step for them and they had to sell a few things to be able to do that. And so I really put my heart and soul into that. And we built up a nice little community there. So, yeah, I pop in every, um, you know, most days that I'm here and just say hello to the girls in the office. And we have our Christmas party this Friday night and, um, you know, I've organised that for them. So, yeah, I'm still got that ticking away. Um, But I do spend more time on uh, my
0: yoga school and on my podcast and speaking now. So, what made you decide to start a business? That having a background in business or anything, what made you decide to do that?
1: I don't even know. I loved fitness. I've always I've always loved fitness and um, I came, you know, I was always a fitness girl. I've always, my dad joined my, got me to my first gym when I think I was 14 and I've just loved it ever since. I love that feeling of, um, you know, sweating it out and I still do now and I used to run a lot. Um, But I've always loved challenges, you know, and I always said I was going to be an actor and I was never going to let that down. Like that was my big goal, you know, and I was going to be one of these actors that went to acting school and then pulled out, which um, like from the industry, which which is what I've done. But acting taught me so much and I don't even know, like really my dad had this, he came, you know, we came to this idea one day. It was because... I came back from overseas and I was broken. I was really, you know, for the first time in my life, I felt really down and in the dumps, probably the first and only time I've really felt like that, to be fair. Um, I didn't really know what to do with myself. But my dad was a member of Anytime Fitness um, up near his work and I'd never heard about it. And I said, I was like, what do you mean it's open 24-7? And he's like, well, it's this gym and you can go at any time and there's, you know, might not be any staff. And I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, I started to ask a bit more questions and then I said, well, why is there not one in Woiwoi, which is where uh, like our local area was? And my dad said, I don't know. And it was literally over a glass of wine one night and he, we sort of said to each other, well, should we open one? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, why not? You know, it was a joke. Um, <laughs> and then my my dad went to school the, or to work the next day and I sort of said to my mum over breakfast, that was weird last night. Hey, she's like, yeah, that was a really weird conversation. And I said, we can't afford to open a gym. And she goes, I know. And that was the sort of start of it. But then we kept, like, it went on for two years nearly. Um, We sort of kept, um, you know, talking about it and then not talking about it. And then my dad sort of said to me, well, if we decided to open one, would you stay here? And um, because he knew I was just going to, you know, run away to another country. (laughs) Um, Would you stay here and, you know, give it a go and I said well of course I would but not thinking that was ever really that serious and then it just became yeah one day I sort of said to him well we've got to make a decision here I'm happy to give it a go um on the proviso that I still get to travel every year I made you know that I made a big list of things I still wanted (laughs) to be able to do um and yeah that was pretty much it and then we decided to dig in and to be fair I went and saw I couldn't talk about it with many people because it was very. We didn't really know what we were doing, and but I went and saw three clairvoyants in that time because I remember asking them, "Should I do this? I don't know what to do. I wanted to travel. I want to be an actor, but then there's this opportunity. And for some reason in me, I had this thing to saying, stay here and give it a go. Um, and yeah, I did. And to be, you know, it's been a great. It's been a great adventure. But I've loved doing it um, with my dad and my mum because. We were always close but it really helped us build a very close relationship and my dad doesn't work there or anything like that but um, I don't know. It just really brought us together and I'm so grateful for him helping me out and I think that he's very grateful for me helping him out in certain ways because they're retired and that helps them fund their, they just got back from, you know, two and a half months travelling around Europe. So I think that there's... um, there's a nice relationship there as a daughter and a dad, but also as a, as business partners.
0: That's amazing. You go from the woman who tr- just went backpacking around the world to having successful businesses. And I love to hear about the strong women and women who are like you, who are for- forging their own way. Like you say, you're not waiting saying, oh, well, until I wait till I get married or whatever. Tell me about some of the journey, some of the things that you had to come and overcome during your journey of getting your businesses started, but then actually getting your mindset right, because you have been used to just being free and traveling the world. Now you're a business owner and you've got to be a little more structured. Tell me Mm -hmm. if that was um, how difficult that was for you.
1: Oh, there's lots, been so many difficulties in the, in the journey, I can tell you. But um, I've since that first job uh, in Sydney when I went to acting school and uh, my boss was, we were in sales and they gave me that Napoleon Hill book and got me a little bit into self-development, I really took that on uh, and I continually, even when I was reading um, overseas, I didn't really read much, but I was always very open to self-development and writing my goals down and writing affirmations and things like that. Uh, And then when I got back to Australia, I started to uh, start rereading those books because when I first got back here and we were waiting for the gym and all that, I didn't really have another job and so I had a lot of downtime, which wasn't great for my mind, but I started to read a lot of the books that were in my parents' house and the books that I had put away before I left. And they were books like that, Napoleon Hill's, i um, thinking, go rich and all that, this mindset. And I started to write down my goals daily and I started to write down like where I saw myself in five years. So doing a five year sort of plan and just doing these little things myself. And then someone has said to me, I went to a uh, free self-development workshop or something and someone said, you know, uh, you should start reading more books. And I was like, oh no, I hate reading Cause you know, back, I couldn't, I only read occasionally and they were more like just study books. If I had to read, I didn't, you know, grow up reading. I hated it. And even more backpacking, I'd only read if we were really, really like on the side of the road for like 10 hours, you know, (laughs) bored out of my brain. But, um, someone said, you know, leaders are readers and, they said, I'd, and and then there's this guy that I listened to, and he said, you know, if you can try and read for an hour a day, it will change your life. And so I said, all right, I'm gonna try this. So I started to read for an hour a day. I set aside my lunch time, and um, I'd start reading all these different books on, you know, self development, business growth, how to build a business, how to build a Facebook page, how to do all this, your know, marketing, blah blah blah. So that was one of the definitely the positive habits I've built and I still do try and read for an hour a day and it has honestly changed me. I've learned so much and I love reading now. I've read some awesome books. So that was one of the habits that I've definitely built that uh, has helped me grow and help the business grow. And I also decided like I've always been an active person. So I found that if I got up in the morning and did my own workout uh, first scene, then I would always be more Energetic and really pumped to go into work and to you know get things moving, uh, but I'm not afraid to ask for help either. So when I've you know first got into that business and I didn't know how to do these things, I was asking people that would just come in. I was like, "Hey, do you know how to use Word? How can I open up this spreadsheet? Or how can you know I want to do the payroll and someone taught me how to use Zero." So my brother taught me that actually. So just asking for help when I needed it um, has really helped me. I'm not, a, you know, I'm not afraid to say that, that I'm not perfect. I only know what I know. Um, and I'm so grateful for always for those people that have helped me out. But one of the biggest challenges I guess I've had, and I've always been quite a confident person, is building up the confidence to, uh, to own to own, like, to own myself and to own the decisions I made and I knew that we were in a small town so I knew that people would be talking about me, opening up a gym Um, because we, the premise that I started with was a female gym before I overtook it. So we Mm. had to actually shut down that female gym and, uh, you know, uh, we had it all, like, uh, refitted out to make it it a new gym, which was then... uh, Co-ed, so men mm. and women, um, mm-hmm. and it was 24 hours and we took away the creation. We took away the, you know, all the Les Mills classes. So there was a lot of backlash and I was getting, um, you know, I did get quite bullied at the time. And I remember a Facebook page that went up against me um, and against the gym opening. So there was a lot, you know, but I always just said, no, I've just got to be confident and own my decisions and just not give a, sh-, um, you know, don't mind my language, but don't give a shit what anyone <laughs> else is saying. And, of course, it hurt, you know, but I just tried not to. I didn't open the pages. I didn't read them. Um, And then one of the biggest challenges as well was, you know, if you go into a gym, there's a lot of big guys. And there's a lot of big guys that think, like, you know, that they own the world. Uh And I don't know if well, people obviously haven't seen me, but I'm quite a small, petite girl. And I always made the decision that, oh, my goodness, I have to go out and speak to these boys because, you know, they were doing the wrong thing. They'd be leaving the weights on the ground. They'd be swearing. But I always said, no, Carly, you've got to, you know, you've got to rule this place. So I've got to make them know that I'm the boss. So that was one of the biggest challenges I had. It was always walking out there and, you know, if people were in the wrong, making myself, you know, i just prep myself up in my office. I'd be like, come on, Carly, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Then I'd walk out to these guys and say, hey, boys, You can't be swearing like that in the club. There's ladies, you know, around or you can't believe in the weights like that or, you know, some men, uh, some of the boys over the years have been quite bad behaved so I've had to kick them out of the gym and that was really scary for me as a person um, but to follow through with that decision and then them give me the backlash that they did. Um, But, yeah, so there's always lots of different learning curves and, I mean, to be fair, they never stop. I get, Uh you know, calls all the time. I think now... um, what hurts me the most, and I guess like anything is if you get negative feedback,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, and you're going to get that in any business, but, you know, sometimes I'm like, what? I can't believe they've said that. I can't believe that, you know, especially like sometimes what I find hurtful is like when people are fine to my face but then they write something in or they send it to the head office or whatever about you and about the way you behave or whatever. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe they've said that. That really that hurts me more than, because it is like a baby, you know, you watch it grow. And then you, obviously not everyone's going to like it. But when people say, you it's like, oh, kill bits, it's like a stab in the heart. But it's gotten easier over the years, for sure.
0: Yes, yes. Wow. So you have your podcast and you have your book. Tell us about those.
1: Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, like uh, the yoga really helped me discover who I was and uh, what I wanted my life to be about and where true happiness came from. And it really saddens me that less, you know, than I think it's like at the moment two out of three people are suffering with depression, anxiety. You know, they say that in 2020 the leading cause of death in Australia will be mental health. So, And I hear all these people every day, you know, like just they're not happy you know there's people that are coming in whinging um about their relationships about their life and I've always been like oh my goodness if only these people because I knew what I was like I was so unaware for a long time but then I woke up and that's what I say to people is like I woke up and I realized what life was and how blessed we are every day and I just wanted to be able to help people realize that they could have this this other space of you know, happiness if they decided to go there and to look for little ways in their day to cultivate joy and to have a laugh and smile. So yeah, that's where the book and the podcast came from is just how can I share this message with more people? And I had the book first and that was more because someone said to me, oh, Carly, you've got so many stories, you should write a book. And I was like, oh my goodness, no, I can't spell, I can't write a book, no way. Uh, And then but when someone plants a seed in my head, it's, sort of, it's very hard for me to let it go <coughs> and it kept coming up for me, well, maybe I should write a book. Someone could edit it. Uh, and then I, you know, I started to write little pages but never I could never find the time to get it all done. So I sort of set this goal that um, I was going to write a book. So what I did was I flew to Bali and I locked myself in a hotel room for pretty much two weeks. I did yoga every morning and uh, then I spent the rest of the days, um, eight hours a day writing this book. And I came back with a full book, um, you know, to be edited and, and put together. So that's how that came about. Um, and a lot of people say, oh, you should write another one. I'm like, oh, no, it was so hard work. <laughs> <laughs> not quite yet, not quite yet. Um, and the podcast, when podcasts first become, like started to become more known, because for a long time I didn't listen to podcasts, but I guess I'm not sure how many years now, probably I'd say about four years I've been quite into them myself. And one of my favourite things to do was uh, put the earphones in and I walk my dog. I have a little poodle, her name's Shazza, and I'd be walking along the beach and be listening to podcasts, you know, maybe your podcast or someone else's. And I always, and they're always podcasts on self-development or spirituality or personal growth or happiness on, and I always felt really good after it. I thought, oh, my goodness, if more people were just bouncing around the street listening to podcasts, we'd all be smiling, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was telling my friend and we were just having lunch one day and I said I just, she was talking about what I love, you know, what brings me happiness. And I said one of the things at the moment is just listening to podcasts as I walk, Shaz, I just get this bounce in my step. And I said, I love the conversations and I just feel like I'm talking to these people, but I'm I'm not talking to them. I'm just listening to them and I feel like I know them, you know. And then she said, Carla, you could have your own podcast. And I said, really? I said, I don't think so. It's got to be hard. And then she's like, well, it can't be that hard if all these people are doing it. Why couldn't you? And I was like, hmm. And then again, someone puts this plant in my mind and it starts ticking away, you know. And uh, yeah, that was sort of the that I started googling how to do a podcast, and decided that I was going to open my own podcast and I'd give it a go and see what happened. And that was uh, just over a year and a bit ago now.
0: You know, and I, I love your podcast. I love what you're doing, and I'm exactly like you. I am a junkie for self-growth, personal development, motivation, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I started my podcast as well because. I like inspiring people. I like positivity. You know, it's so much negativity in the world today that oh, I didn't. Totally. Yeah, I didn't want to feed into that anymore. And mm. I figured people needed things that would inspire them. So that's that's my main mission. So I love that your podcast is doing that as well. And and just like you, I'm always listening, whether I'm driving or walking my dog. And, it just it does. It makes you feel good when you can hear something that's other than the craziness that's going on in the world today. And there's oh, it's so sure. There's so many different podcasts where people are just inspiring, and it's so nice to hear the different people in in their different angles and how they're doing it. And it, it is it's, it's very nice. It's a it's a good medium. Um, oh yeah, people. and I always
1: think like if I have the choice to listen to something you know, like that, um, you know, something where it's positive or a book that's going to really help me grow or something that's a little bit negative, then well, why would I pick the negative? <laughs> exactly. You know, like I just, I can't understand why people are doing that. But for sure, and the people it's connected me to, like being able to
0: connect to you across the other side of the world and, oh, I'm just so grateful. I know. It's cool. And that's, that's how I feel, you know, we talk like I said we were already familiar with each other and I'm pretty sure we're gonna keep in touch and it is such a great thing nowadays we can be on opposite sides of the you know of the world and we can sit here and talk and it's clear as a bell and things are just it's great it's technology and and be able to talk with someone who's like-minded is really always refreshing
1: yeah and I think you can always pick up something from someone else as well so like, you know, when we listen to these other people's podcasts, I think, oh my goodness, I would never like all they talk to someone. I like, thought, oh, that's a great recipe. I would never have thought of that. Or oh, you know what I mean? So there's always mm-hmm. something to learn. And as I say, I'm not perfect. I've always got, you know, room to grow. So I'm always happy to take in other people's views and uh, the way other people do their podcasts. Or I'm like, oh, that's a cool jingle, you know? So no, <laughs> very, very grateful for podcasts.
0: Oh, yes. You know, and we're going to go into the questions so i know you listen to the podcast and i ask the same questions of everyone at the end and are you ready for your questions i sure am i love questions please hit me up okay who or what motivates you who what
1: motivates me is comes from inside myself um, I don't know what it is, but I am, I am motivated and I love the, I love the drive that I can that I feel when I'm doing something on purpose. So something that's moving me forward or something that's helping other people out. Uh, but what motivates me is things that make me happy and that I know make other people happy. Mm-hmm. I can grab motivation from uh, if I'm feeling a bit like in a duller what uh, today, like I didn't want to get out of bed or whatever it is, I can grab motivation from, um, you know, books or a podcast. But I know that truly I'm intrinsically motivated and I always have been. Um, and it's not about a competition with anyone else. For me, it's more about uh, my own self-growth. I love, I love looking back, you know, at the end of this year, I look back on the whole year and look back at what I've done and what I've achieved and, you know, sometimes it blows my mind. Because if I I had asked myself 10 years ago what I would have been doing, I would never have thought I'd be doing what I'd be doing now.
0: What demotivates you? Ah
1: a night out. (laughs) (laughs) If I like, you know, doing things that don't make me happy. So um, I'm very motivated doing the things I love, like as I mentioned, but What demotivates me is things like book work, um, cleaning the house, cleaning the car. So anything like that now that I know that I don't love to do and that doesn't bring out the best to me, I try to delegate.
0: (laughs) Smart. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you but it worked out for your good?
1: Oh, my goodness, so many times. Probably like uh, one of the ones that, we, you know, we've talked about today is when I was making that decision to stay in the country or move back overseas, uh, you know, to open the gym or move back overseas. And someone said to me, you know, Carl, you can't keep running away forever. And I was hmm. like, what do you mean like running away from what? And then they said, you know, you're running away from who you are. And at the time that really hurt because I didn't realise that maybe I was running away, but. Now I can look back and I can think, yeah, you know, whilst I was living an adventure and a party life, I couldn't have done that forever, and I probably wasn't just ready to face my own my own shit and um, you know, discovering that who I really was and what I was you know going to do with the
0: world. Mm. (laughs) Sorry, that's my dog. What is your fear? Oh,
1: I have lots of fears but I try not to delve on my fears so much. Um, I do dread the day that my parents pass away. I know, like, you know, they've been away for two and a half months and I was really like, oh, I miss them, <laughs> mm. you know, because I do have a really close relationship with them and I know that one day um, one day that, that will happen. So sometimes, will, you know, and I just watch their parents who were, quite um, sick now, and, uh, yeah, that's sometimes a fear for me. Um, oh, I try and, you know, jump into fear as much as I can. Um, yeah, I think that's it for now. I'm just trying to think. I can't. Okay. I mean... Yeah, fear. I get fearful, you know, obviously that, you know, things could happen um, with myself, my health or anything like that. But I do try not to um, to think about the fears in my life. I try and just to, you know, I always am a believer that life happens the way as, in, as it unfolds the way it's meant to unfold. So um, if I can be grateful for, you know, every day then I sh- Try not to have
0: those fears. Mm-hmm. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Mm. Wow.
1: Um, I forgot some of these questions. You've got me off by <laughs> again. Like, ah. Oh. I always think life happened, you know, everything happens for a reason, so um, there's definitely times I could be more organised and um, probably for me it's just uh, if there's times that I've said things that I wish I hadn't have said to people in moments of uh, aggression, I guess, more fighting because sometimes, like, you know, um, I can get, not now so much in my myself because i've become a lot more lower through my yoga and my meditation but in my acting days you know and that i was quite headstrong so if i got into an argument with someone you know that was um that was going to be the end of it so yeah there's definitely um a, you know a time with my sister in law i said something i you know wish that i hadn't have said um and sometimes with my dad i've said a few things that i you know, that I wish I hadn't said. Sometimes I need to, Carla needs to learn to think before she speaks.
0: Mm. Okay. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something?
1: Is that what the question was before?
0: Well, no, because the other one was, um, a time where you wish you had done something that you didn't. This one is, oh, this okay, is a time sorry. that you wish you had not done something.
1: Well that's probably more the answer to that question. Said those things <laughs> to those people. Sorry, I missed the question. Oh and before don't worry about done it. done things, oh yeah, probably a million times. Told yeah. people I love them when I, you know when I didn't when that's you know and that's one of the fears I have is sometimes of um showing my vulnerability.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. What is your definition of success? For me, success is
1: just feeling that an accomplishment for me doing what I love to do and knowing that I'm helping other people and following my purpose being happy and joyful in every day. If I can bring happiness, if I'm happy and joyful in every day that I'm living my life, then I feel that that is a successful life.
0: Okay. How do you
1: recharge? Oh, I'm very big on that. Um, So I've quite got like a morning routine and a nighttime routine, but uh, I'd say like every night I come home and uh, make sure that I have like a good... Dinner, I love like cooking, Um, you know, I cook all my own food and I love that and then I love to just sit down and eat my dinner and I'll uh, maybe watch half an hour of um, sometimes. I go through some stages where I don't watch television and then I might watch something on YouTube for a laugh if I feel like my day's been quite serious. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, recharging really comes from meditation, meditation, I sleep. I love to sleep. I like make sure I get eight hours of um, sleep a night. And but my biggest recharge will come at some stage in the year where I pack my bags and I go off overseas. So like normally I'll go for a month at a time, uh, and I just normally it's by myself. Uh, you know, I went to India last year, and even though I was working in an orphanage, and um, for majority of that time, I still have that time where I don't have the internet, I don't have the phone. Uh, It's me just completely doing something totally different and uh, forgetting about my life here. Um, And I always find that I come back quite recharged. Every few months I go to Bali. Um, I'm going again in February for a few weeks. And I just do yoga and meditate and lay by the pool and read. Um, And, again, that's normally by myself. And I find that I do come back quite recharged.
0: What are you awesome at?
1: I think I'm a really good friend. (laughs) Um, I have some great friends and I'm really, I'm a connector so I'm a really good people person and I know that, you know, I've got a community at my yoga school and I've got some great friends at the gym and I've built some great friendships with people on the podcast and things like that and it's because I love people. I love to connect with all types of people And I'm open to having conversations with anyone. And I love to hear people's stories.
0: Mm -hmm. What legacy do you want to leave?
1: Mm -hmm. That I did the best I could with what I had and that I could help other people to smile and to laugh every day.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. Give the listeners one motivational takeaway. Just
1: do what makes you happy. You know, we spend so much time focused on what we think other people think of us, what we want. We want to get these new tights because they're going to make our bottom look better or we're going to let our teeth whitened because we want to have whiter teeth. But if you take that all away, does it really bring you much joy? So I really think that the world would be such a happier place if we all found out what makes our hearts sing. What makes my heart sing might be completely different to what makes your heart sing, but really try and find what makes you smile from the inside out, like a little kid, and do more of it and then share that with other people because really smile and laughing is free and we don't do it enough. So just go out and enjoy yourself, enjoy your life and look for the little things in life to be grateful for.
0: Mm. Now we didn't, and I'm going to backtrack a little bit, we didn't, get to this one, but how do you go about making other people feel happy?
1: I love to, um, I love to try and just crack people up in jokes. Like, (laughs) um, so I love to make people laugh, love to give people compliments. So if a coffee, you know, the lady comes in, I'm like, Hey, um, Joe, thank you so much for the coffee. Like I just really try and go out of my way to I appreciate others. I like to often pay for someone else. So, you know, the lady um, behind me at the supermarket, I'll just say to the uh, person at the counter, you know, just, oh, her, can I pay for her groceries or whatever? Do little things like that. Uh, really love to make people laugh and tell jokes. And um, however, whatever I can do to brighten up people's day, that is my mission.
0: mm. That is a wonderful, wonderful mission. Tell the listeners how and where they can connect with you.
1: Oh yes, please do connect. I'd love to hear um, from you. My, I'm on Facebook, Carla Marie Simpson. I'm also on Instagram, Carla Marie Simpson. My yoga school's Happy Hot Yoga, so they're on both um, Instagram and Facebook as well. I'm on LinkedIn. I have a website, uh, Carla dot And my podcast is called Get Happy Hour and it's on iTunes and all those uh, places. So please have a listen. Let me know your feedback and, um, yeah, really connect because the more people that we get connecting, I do believe the more people um, are smiling and, you know, sending that happiness and joy to
0: the world. All right. Well, Carla, you continue to make people happy um, I'm happy to know you and I'm happy we've connected and hopefully we'll stay connected. But I just want to say thank you for taking time out to be on Trina Talk.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's been such uh, a wonderful opportunity and I love to get asked those questions that made me, that make me think. You know, it's been, um, it's been good because it allows me to think about, yeah, am I showing up every day doing, you know, the things that I want to do and making sure that I'm leaving that legacy. So thank you for the reminder and thank you for all your listeners for having me on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: If you like Trina Talk, please don't forget to go out to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving, because success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.